This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Well, well, a very good evening, folks, and welcome to The Late Show with me, Paul Hamilton. I'll be here with you for the next one hour and a half. This is my second show, and I can tell you I'm very excited. I've got two fantastic guests this evening. Uh, They'll be joining me to talk about all sorts of different things related to politics in the classroom, but more on that very soon. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello there and welcome to The Late Show. Myself, Paul Hamilton, here with you. My second outing as a host on Teachers Talk Radio. I had uh, a fair uh, amount of problems last time with regards to gremlins in the system. The odd wee technical issue here and there. I'm hoping that this evening there are no repeats of that and uh, I'm excited, of course, to be with you. A special mention to anyone who is listening live on Podbean at the moment. Please don't hesitate to get in touch. Don't be shy. You might have questions that you want to ask or you can even call in yourself and you can really get involved in the conversation. And also as well, uh, we are available on all the usual socials should you want to get in touch and engage with what we're doing this evening live. And you can use the hashtag TT Radio for that. So what's this evening all about? Politics in the classroom. Teaching in Turbulent Times was the name. And to give some sort of a a context to certainly my thinking going into this show, um, I guess every generation, every era has its uh, claim to, you know, thinking that perhaps it's the the defining era or it's the the generation when when everything happens, so to speak. And, uh, well, I was thinking really about the last, say, say, 10 years and... I'm going to sort of cherry pick a couple of events really by way of an example just to to get the kind of the conversation and and the thinking going. And it goes back really to um, the the Scottish independence referendum question really where I wanted to start this. And it was the start, I think, of a period in politics that for me as a teacher uh, really stands out. I, I can't remember a time as a teacher when young people were as interested, curious, passionate, motivated, engaged with with politics as as I can when it came to that time period. They had huge questions and they they really wanted them answered. And understandably at this time, with with regards to the, the Scottish independence referendum that I'm speaking about, young people at the age of 16 could vote in this. So there was a it was a real landmark occasion, I think, that you know the young people in, in many of our classrooms that we were teaching were, were going to be involved in this. And as a teacher, I'd been, it wasn't quite new, but I'd been teaching about maybe, say, five years, I think, at that point. And it was the first time that on a very, very regular basis, young people were asking, how are you going to vote, sir? And we had been told, and this is part of the discussion tonight, you don't do that as a teacher. You don't share your political views. That's that's a private matter. That could be seen as 
you know you're trying to influence or or persuade how maybe young people themselves could could vote in any future election that type of thing so that that was quite that that really stood out in my mind as being quite a uh, you know, I'll choose the word interesting at the moment. Quite an interesting time period that I'd never, I'd never known someone to be, or so I've never known young people in the classroom to be so interested in my thoughts on, on politics, and I think that was where the the floodgates opened. Really, from there, uh, other things that that stand out. You know, we 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 think I'm getting the chronology of this right. We went into the the the, the elections in America where Donald Trump was elected president and there was a real fascination i think in the classrooms that we, we this was someone who had been a reality tv star really and was about to you know assume office um for the the, the most influential and powerful seat uh, in in terms of government government globally arguably and there was a great deal of fascination with him and with with his politics and with you know decisions that he made, so you, you certainly you certainly noticed noticed that at that time, and and I think the media, uh, and the influence of the media around that election, that even you know back here in the UK, that 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 really got that really got talking or get sorry got young people talking in the classroom about what was what was going on and what was taking place, and then of course. We we had Brexit, and and I promise you, I'm not going to be controversial. I'm not going to say any of my own opinions, but that that was I, following on from the 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 independence referendum. That I can't think of a time when it felt more polarized, or it felt more divided, or you know, with very strong views that were again just creeping into lessons day in day out about um maybe you know how parents would vote how would you vote uh what do you think the impact of this is so on and so forth and, and it was it was an incredibly again i use the word <laughs> interesting uh read into that how you like but it was an incredibly interesting time and, and i think we have um as teachers certainly ones who teach social subjects and, and humanities we have a uh, had to ride a bit of a storm i think in terms of a uh, the, the uh the, the the conversations that that have sort of trickled through into the the classroom, uh, and then last I was in two minds about whether or not to discuss this, but I felt I had to. Uh, we have of course the, the just the, the most awful of events that that have happened just this week in in Texas with yet another school shooting, an incredibly tragic one, and the 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 consequences of that uh, aside from. The devastation that's been caused is that we we're now there's a political fallout and and that even I think has that has uh, implications here in the UK because we we're talking about it we're interested in it we're we're motivated and uh, by by people's opinions and people's views and and just this week even in a classroom had young people asking me about what what do you think about teachers being armed should should teachers carry guns these these types of things and and it's not a nice subject to talk about but. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a history teacher, a uh, legal studies teacher, and sort of, I, I would I would argue that talking about difficult things is, is or difficult conversations or difficult topics is really just part of the day job, so to speak. Um, and and there's there's been yeah there's been there's been some really powerful difficult conversations. Now, I earlier on just I wish I wish I'd done this earlier in the week actually to let it run more, but I put a poll out on Twitter so I did and I'll just pull it up just now because it's actually still live at the moment and the question that I asked was as follows 
if it loads up on my screen. Yep. Should teachers share their political views stroke opinions with pupils? And as it stands right now, 187 people have voted. There were three options. There was yes, there was no, and there was sometimes. And I've also got a small handful of replies. As it stands at the moment, 47% of those who have responded say that no, teachers should not share their political views, stroke opinions with pupils. Uh, second to that is sometimes people who are in the middle uh, at 34%, and then yes, down at 19%. Now, to just share some of the replies that I got from that, just and, and I'll read them really uh, verbatim if I can. And it's, uh, it's teachers here, we, we, you should not try to persuade. And they talk, I think this is in relation to, this is Paul Cochran, uh, he's a teacher, and he's saying how, with regards to the, the referendum, I think he's talking about the Scottish independence one. Um, he says it's really up to you, he's talking about the pupils, to have to go off and do your own research for yourself and then decide accordingly. And we've got an interesting one here from a Mrs Innes, and she says that she's a primary school teacher. However, in secondary schools and in the upper school years, she says, how can you hide from engaged learners? She thinks it would be tricky. And, to, and I assume that's your, your political opinions maybe coming through. That could be quite hard hard to, to hide that, possibly. And then just in the last few minutes as well, Cheryl, uh, Cheryl Lee has got in touch. She's... Um, in the process of applying to, to PGDs for the Diploma in Education. And she says, that, yes, you can do this, but only to the extent that you are sharing your views. You're not trying to persuade pupils to follow your own political stance. And off the back of that, maybe encourage them to do their own research and to, to debate the, their own political party preferences amongst their peers in class. And she talks about how that could be an interesting lesson. So I I guess there's there's really so many ways of potentially thinking about this and I don't believe for a second my, my opinion that uh, teachers should ever assume the role of political recruiters. I don't think we, we should stand there and use it like a soapbox and uh, it should be a captive audience by, by any means but equally I think there's I think it's something of a fallacy to say that we, we can be these sort of autonomous beings at times and, and, and not have an opinion. I think I think it's going to creep through. And a few days ago, for example, I was in the staff room and I was saying to teachers, uh, just sort of thinking about this show coming up, and, and I was asking them, do you remember when it was the, the independence referendum and we were being asked all the time about how we would vote? And, and they agreed with me that they do remember that. One thing that we all collectively remembered, and I think this is still a thing on Facebook, it could be, was that um, at the time of the of that referendum, depending upon how you were likely to vote, people were putting these little stickers beside their profile pictures that said either yes or no. And these teachers innocently had because they, they you know they have their <laughs> their own personal lives and their own political opinions were changing their profile pictures to say either yes or no at the side and of course it didn't take long for for young people to start to type their name into facebook to find their teachers and yet while their profiles were private they they could actually <laughs> come away from that and say that oh yeah you know mr hamilton he's going to vote this way such and such and we had quite um <laughs> awkward awkward uh, conversations I think with young people and then that's maybe another debate about social media and and, and personal space but I, I can't prior to that ever 
remember a time when when the the, the pupils that uh, I, I I teach were, were just so interested in my my political opinions. Okay, so as for, as for this the, this evening for the the remainder of the show, I'm I'm really lucky tonight. I'm joined by two fantastic guests. I'll be welcoming uh, welcoming them each in turn. First up will be Graham Glenn. Graham's actually someone who I work with. We've worked side by side now for, I've worked beside Graham for about oh, maybe 11 years. Graham is a modern studies teacher at Claybank High School. Uh, and Graham, uh, he's much older than me, much older. Oh, he's muted just now, so he can't come back. He's not really, by the way, he's not really. I think he's maybe about a year older. And uh, he'll be he'll be joining us in, uh, just to give his views and opinions because he is a modern studies stroke politics teacher. And I think, you know, can give us a real fabulous insight into into this conversation. I also have as well James McMordy, who will be uh, last up this evening, last but not least. And similar to Graham, he's also a modern studies and politics teacher. And I'm really curious to, to get some of his thoughts and opinions. He's someone who actually prior to teaching was a... Uh, worked, sorry, I should say, in, in the field of, of politics, and he, he brings some experience of that into the classroom. And he's also uh, where he is at People's High School. They have set up a pupil parliament and, and a model UN, and I'm interested to, to hear more about that. So what we'll do just now is we will cut for the news and uh, a few short messages, and then we'll be back with Graham Glenn. Thank you. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development Every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. Stevewoods.co.uk for educational support in IT and computer science. Coming up, I'm delivering a number of courses. Learn to program in Python is a free one-hour course designed to start you on your way into Python coding. Everything works in a browser, so there's nothing to install beforehand. Join me remotely to learn the basics on Wednesday the 8th of June, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Visit stevewoods.co.uk to start your journey. Are you a state school teacher in England? Why not be a hero this half-term and join me for two days and receive up to 1,360 pounds in bursary terms and conditions apply find out more at stevewoods.co.uk if you're listening to this then we know we share one thing in common a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves that's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care we need people like you to help us achieve even more with us you'll be given all the resources and support you need offered a clear path to career progression 
and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Two former Tory ministers have called for immediate action from the government to curb rises in student loan interest rates. Former Business Secretary Greg Clark told The Observer a 12% interest rate on student loans is an outrageous charge that the government must prevent from happening. It is a breach of what students expected, that interest rates on loans would be no higher than market rates and it risks frightening off new students from entering higher education, even in courses like science and engineering, at a time when the economy desperately needs these skills. In April, the Institute for Fiscal Studies has calculated that because of current RPI inflation rates, the maximum interest rate on loans, paid by those earning £49,130 or more, will rise from current rates of 4.5% to an eye-watering 12% for half a year. In Wales, head teachers have said that some primary schools are not ready to introduce the new curriculum for Wales and would like the choice to delay it. More than half of secondary schools have chosen to delay and will not begin teaching the new curriculum until September 2023. And they were given the option in response to concerns that COVID disruption had left schools unable to plan for the new curriculum. NAHT President Karina Hansen, who is also a primary head teacher in Swansea, said, primary schools have understood that they need to start their new curriculum offer in September. We weren't offered that relaxation, secondary schools were. The reassurance we want is that our accountability partners are also clear that schools will be in different places and will need time to refine their curriculum offer. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to talk about virtual tours. Did you know you can go virtually almost anywhere without leaving the classroom? Due to this being an audio podcast, I'd just like to point out to listeners, I did air quotes around the word virtually just then. 
On Sunday, I tweeted a great list to start from created by Katie Burke of Good Housekeeping. Before you start asking why someone as cool as me is reading Good Housekeeping, a good list is a good list. I'm going to tweet a different virtual tour at TT Radio every day this week. So keep an eye out if you want to pick up a new virtual tour. So what is a virtual tour? They take many forms, but my favourites are interactive. Go to a place like the Louvre and look around without the need to buy a ticket, queue and even have an unobstructed view. Use snipping or print screen to make a storyboard and reflect on your journey for an activity. There are virtual tours for lots of things you wouldn't think of. I found one for the digestion process where you can look around whilst being swallowed, digested, and yes, it finishes with you being excreted. Lovely. Next time you're looking for a way to explain something, just check and see if there's a virtual tour that can support you. I'll be tweeting at TT Radio 2022 a different tour each day this week. Yet another good reason to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello and welcome back to The Late Show with me, Paul Hamilton. Tonight we are talking about politics in the classroom, teaching in turbulent times. And the point that I've been really making uh, prior to speaking to the guests is that you know this, this, last, this last decade, I think, has been uh, as, as turbulent as, as you could get in terms of politics. And I really do believe that has had an impact in the classroom in terms of the, the conversations that we are having with young people day in, day out. And that's now where I'd like to bring in my first guest, someone I know very well, uh, have been working together for years. It's Graham Glenn. Graham, are you there? I am, Paul. Good evening. Good evening, sir. I can hear you loud and clear. Excellent. And I should also say for anyone listening that this is a this is a holiday for us here today. So actually, Graham giving up his time on a holiday weekend, I'm I'm really mm-hmm. grateful. Even though he'll probably <laughs> have a few choice words for me at some point. But thank you yes. very much, Graham. So Graham Graham is a, a modern studies and politics teacher, as as I'd mentioned, and I know he's been listening in to what I was saying earlier on. I'm just curious, Graham, if you've got any sort of thoughts in general about the last say five ten years as a mods teacher how 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 has it been is are things different um yes i think they very much have changed paul um i'm now at the end of my 20th year in teaching although i do i do notice that you you said earlier you know much older but there's there's only a few years um but uh, yes i'm at i'm at the end of 20 years of doing this and i have noticed um big, big changes over the years, um, big changes. Um, I think one of the big things, you know, I, I noted down one of the comments that you'd you'd made from um, your Twitter feed. And I, I think one of the big things is that young people do at times very much look up to their teachers. You know, quite often they don't. Um, but you, you, you can get those relationships, you know, that, that are built over the years. And I think the young people do really take with them some deal of importance what what we have to say so therefore our input can significantly develop their thoughts and i think we do have to be very very careful um with that obviously there has been been very significant changes you know you touched on a lot of the the world events that have taken place you know such as 9 11 took place right at the start of my teaching career and that that was one of the big, big first moments where 
you know, I really had to question things, question what I said, question, you know, think about the sorts of comments and things I was being asked um, as well by the young people. So that, that was quite a challenge to me, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, well, interesting to say 9-11. Uh, I wasn't teaching then, by the way. Um, <laughs> I think you were just starting your... We had this chat I'm during the week. You, you were just, just starting, starting your diploma. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And and I was I was just starting as an undergrad at that point. And that, that's an interesting... That is that is a watershed moment, if that's the right mm-hmm. term, because I, I do think the world changed. Uh, I'm not saying, that, you know, for the better, for the worse. I'm not, not even going to go there in, in any kind of respect because there's... Uh, as I say, I'm, I'm just being uh, as uh, <laughs> non-controversial as yeah. I can, impartial. Um, and it's interesting, actually. That that's that's some that's something too, isn't it? That we we as teachers, we we are probably quite concerned about what we see and and how we see it, and the manner of what we see and how we see as well. That we we don't want to offend. We do live in in an era, probably. And again, probably even saying this could be offensive, but we do live in an era, I think, of quite strong political correctness. And and, and 9-11 really changed, I think, uh, the world as, as, as we know. It. And it's an interesting time to come into teaching, I think, if that's the right way of putting it uh, at that time too. And and also, I have to agree with what you say there about young people in terms of, of looking up to you, because, you know, teaching... It, it's to be all gushing and cliched, it is about relationships and the relationships that you form with young people, and you you do to an extent want to to mould them so that they, you know they can go off and lead really happy, nice, productive lives. But at the end of the day, you you never want to force a political opinion mm-hmm. on them, no matter how strongly you feel about it. I don't think that's what we should be doing. But equally, I think in the corridor where we uh where we work in we're both you know i'm a history teacher graham's a mods teacher uh we're very much in the humanities and the social subjects and it's just bread and butter for us opinions it's 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 the day job so to speak and did you did you remember what well, i'm putting you on the spot but did you remember for any of the elections recently or referendums of young people asking you how are you going to vote is that is that quite a regular thing um, yes, very, very much so, Paul. Um, I, re- I remember very clearly the, the independence referendum and it was very much a burning question. The, the young people, particularly those in my senior classes who were at that age where they were going to be, you know, they were 16, they were voting for the first time and they very much did want to know. Some of it was purely just out of, you know, nosiness and... Um, you know, wanting to know those those bits um, and pieces and other parts, other pupils were about helping them form their opinions. So we, we did get an awful lot, you know, of probing. We did get an awful lot of of questioning who we vote for, who did we support, you know, mm-hmm. trying to guess. And I, th- I think, you know, that, that was when, that was at a time when the media was, was very much expanding as well. You know, I, I, I touched on, 9-11 and that was kind of before we had the massive taking off of of social media it was before we had the massive taking off you know of 24 7 tv podcasts blogs all that sort of thing so you know at that time in the early part of this century the pupils were asking you things in order to find out they were also as well at as i said at referendum time wanting to inquire being inquisitive there was all 
also this obviously as you touched on you know we couldn't say anything we couldn't give opinion um there was very much a a three-line whip came out from employers about you know being very very careful not to say not to say anything and i always remember we had we had both sides of the of the yes and no campaign into our school we had a I think it was all the fifth and sixth year um, in the assembly hall with two members of the yes side, two members of the no side, and of course, politicians, you know, being as they were, you know, they they very much answered the question. They very much tried to get their opinion across. They were, they were probing the young people, and then at the end, they decided to do a, a sort of on the spot straw poll of you know, who will vote yes, who will vote no, and. You know the hands went up accordingly, and within minutes, it it was on Twitter that you know the senior pupils of the school vote yes for independence, and it it, it was one of those moments where it was, you know, panicking as to we're going to be in, get into trouble here because of 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 what's came out. You know, came out in social wow. media. So, you know, those yeah. sorts of things you, you you don't take into consideration when you're you're hosting these events and when you're planning these events in order for the young people, because it, we did it very much so as they could see a balanced argument, so as they could, yeah. you know, eloquently go away and think about what they had heard. Mm-hmm. We weren't, we weren't quite, ex, you know, expecting it all over, all over social media as to, <laughs> as, to as to how the I vote was that. You, um, you must have been, been terrified at that point. I didn't know anything about yeah, that bloody hell. Yeah. Thank, oh my goodness! Th- yeah, thank, <laughs> thankfully I didn't organise it, so it was okay. <laughs> Someone else, and um, I, I, I think as well. I mean, quite interesting. Uh, again, anecdotal here, but um, I I recall actually. Um, an incident with with a young person and it was it was a a challenging conversation and I can't remember why but the conversation changed to the the referendum that was that was you know days away or whatever it was at the time and it was a case of well my dad thinks you'll be voting this way and it was said to me in a very sort of a uh, condescending uh, way and and it just got me even thinking then about wow parents will be thinking about us in the classroom and they, they know that for the first time if it's senior pupils or young people at the age of 16 17 and so on are, are going to be voting and they might have their concerns that they're being influenced by by the by their teachers and and yeah yes it, it can be i think it's uh I think there's probably an element of, of walking on on eggshells. That's why as a, a history teacher, nine times out of ten, I'm glad that when we're talking about politics, it's the politics of yesteryear and, and not necessarily um <laughs> you know, the the ones that are facing us now at the at the present moment. Um I was interested just gonna pick up on something you, you said, uh and I think it's part of how the world has moved so quickly you know you talk about 9-11 and you're right you got me thinking yeah 9-11 when that happened I didn't jump onto Facebook or anything like that I think that was even pre-Bebo or MySpace you know you're really sort of going back then and I, I sort of wondered that as a modern studies teacher uh, or, or teaching politics what about the to quote it you know the fake news is, is that an issue in the classroom do you find you're having to sort of address the narrative or, or anything just related to that? Yeah, de- definitely, Paul. That's what one of the biggest challenges is 
is things that are not factual. It's it's the preconceived ideas. You know, it's it's what young people what they see on social media, what they see in tweets, etc. And they, they take that as fact. You know, they take they take people's opinions as fact as opposed to the evidence. And that's one of the biggest challenges we have, you know, as particularly as modern studies teachers and also politics teachers, but you know, with modern studies being such, you know, an almost daily changing event and you know, I always kid you on how you've you've got the easy job as a history teacher because you 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 know, you teach fact. I I teach with, you know, things changing on an hourly basis. So I need to need to keep you know, up to speed with everything, um. But it, it you know, it, it's a it's a huge, huge issue. Se- separating the sort of facts from fiction with young people is a big, big thing. And sometimes when you you question or challenge what they believe, and as I said, they may have got it off of social media. They may have got it from, you know, a newspaper that leans one way or the other. They may very well, as is the case a lot of the time have been influenced by home you know we are finding that an awful lot i i over the years have started to notice that i have got less young people you know who read newspapers watch the news watch tv you know political based programs a lot lot less of them even though there's now much much more access but unfortunately it's going the other way and less are taking part in it you know if i did if i did a, a survey of senior classes 15 years ago so many of them would be reading newspapers they would be watching the news they'd be dipping into question time panorama etc nowadays it's it's going the other way it's it's a very small handful and that's one of the big challenges because as a sort of to repeat myself you know they are getting it from things like blogs they're getting it from tweets and a lot of it as well they're getting from home and that's that's a big challenge because when you teach things like nine eleven and you teach things like the independence referendum and you teach things like Brexit, you get a lot of, you know, my dad says, and it's it's very much if if they have grown up in that environment and grown up with a set way of thinking and a set way of opinion, it's it's incredibly difficult for us as teachers. You know, not not to change that mindset at all because that's not what we're trying to do, but to broaden it and to widen it and to let them see, well, actually, there's there's other point of points of view here. You know, you can't you can't define a terrorist based on certain categories. You can't define the issues of the European Union based on, you know, whether it's immigration or or whatever. You know, so it's about. It's about looking at that much, much bigger picture and, and giving the young people the opportunities to have all the evidence and all the tools in front of them so as they can take on board what they've grown up learning, but they can also take on board the sort of wider aspect and what is factually out there, whether, as I said, it's on the news or whether it's in newspapers or whether it's doing their own research or whether, you know, some of it is in social media because I'm not for a second saying that you know, every single thing they'll be reading on social media, etc., is incorrect. Far from it, but it's about them having the skills and the tools and strategies to decipher for themselves. And that that is one of the the biggest, biggest challenges to give them those those social skills that they can take out of the classroom and and think for themselves. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I'm going back to the, the tweet that came in from Cheryl Lee earlier on, and she talked about mm-hmm. almost this idea of young people using any sort of political discussion in a classroom as a, as a you know, a, a sort of a skill-based opportunity. And I do think that we, um, in, in our respective subjects, no matter what we're teaching, that critical thinking is, is a huge part of it. Uh, for us in history, it's about source analysis and teaching young people not to necessarily take each source at face value, to actually question it, to dig into it. And that really, I think, is the exact same for what we're talking about here with, with regards to politics. And if it means that they, they're not necessarily getting, as you say, maybe as they used to from Question Time, Panorama, mm-hmm. the newspapers, whatever it might be, that they're actually able to, I guess, by you know, through their own logic and their own reason and actually able to, to look at a tweet, for example, and work out, well, is, is this likely to be authentic? You know, could there be exaggeration or bias or, or whatever it might be coming into play? Um, just just before I forget as well, just a reminder, folks, we, we are, if you're listening live, you can, uh, if you have any questions, you can pop them in. Anyone that's in the in the studio on Podbean at the moment, by all means, feel free to, to pop them in as a, as a chat message. Or if you want to call in, you can do that too. Uh, and also on a Insta using the, the hashtag tags a sort of insta or twitter using the the hashtags tt radio and and just graham you're probably making you repeat yourself here so don't worry but i'm just sort of i I think it's a a mixed bag i think it's a broad church but i don't know i mean i i feel on the one hand like young people now and when i say probably say young people i'm thinking we're the older kids that we teach the senior people sort of 16 upwards that they're quite politically focused or interested or curious um but i wonder are they re- are they really as their knowledge of politics and do you think you know and it's a very difficult one to answer I appreciate i'm putting you on the spot you'll probably uh, slap me silly when i see you in person but you know if you're to just sort of summarize it do you think young people in scotland say are, are politically knowledgeable as they should be that is a difficult one, Paul. Um, I think some of them, yes. I, I will go back to you know what I say that in my classroom, it, it's now a bit of a rarity. You know, it's it's a pleasing moment when you have a young person who is really, really, you know, politically enthusiastic. Whereas in years gone by, it was a little bit more than the norm. And although it's still really good that you have those pleasing aspects and you have young people and and you talk about senior, but, you know, even younger, you know, I have first and second years who, who you can tell have a real enthusiasm. Maybe not so much about, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of politics, but they, they have a real enthusiasm about what's going on in the world. They have a real enthusiasm about decision making and about how they can play a part in change. But... It, although it is, you know, it's it's more a breath of fresh air, I would say now than it, it perhaps used to be, and I think it is because society is changing so much. I think it is because young people have so many more things nowadays. You know, we talked about, you know, earlier on in the show about during nine eleven, you didn't have your twenty four hour news stations, you didn't have social media, you know. You, you can probably correct me if I'm wrong here. We didn't have the internet to the same extent. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have Spotify. We didn't have Netflix. We didn't have 
Playstations, Xboxes, etc., etc. So there, there were less things to get your teeth into. And I think, you know, if you had that enthusiasm, if you had that knowledge, you know, if you had newspapers in the house, because you didn't necessarily even, you know, 15 years ago have them online to the same extent as you do now. You know, if they were lying about, young people would pick them up and have a flick through them. Whereas now, you know, the actual physical newspaper is probably a little bit of a dying breed in comparison to what it was. And it's, it is more now getting your detail, getting your news from your smartphones, getting it from news websites. And young people don't, therefore, don't naturally access it the same. So although I would like to think that there, although I do think rather that there is still a strong sort of pull towards politics because, you know, modern studies and in particular in politics is still in this country a, a massively, massively strong and thriving um, subject. And it's one that, you know, I'm very fortunate to have is very strong in, in my own school. So there obviously is still that that desire there. I just hope that, you know, the other aspects that come with it, as I said, you know, the the watching of the news, the the downloading BBC news onto your smartphone instead of Snapchat, etc. You know, I, I hope that does come back more into the fore, you know, as as the years go on because we're we're at a point in society where it's probably never been as I don't know if interesting is the right word, but it's probably never been as as mixed as it is just now. When you look at everything that's that's going on, you look at you know the crisis and the cost of living. You look at increased energy prices. You look at the price of oil going through the roof. You see what's going on in Ukraine. You see what's going on in other parts of the world. You know Syria, Jordan, etc. We look across the Atlantic as well to to America, and it's. That massive society change is is something that young people are right in the middle of, and for from my point of view, it would it would it would be brilliant if they really threw themselves into it because that's that to me is the only way society will learn. You know, I I was having a think about obviously what had happened this week in Texas, and you know, it comes back to the whole: is does society actually learn from what goes on and? You know, school shootings continue and continue in America. Columbine was 23 years ago. Parkland in Florida was, you know, four years past there in Feb February. And there's always been these big promises of change and change will happen and change will come. But we've seen this week that it doesn't. So the, the people that can bring about that change, you know, are the future. They are the the young young people that we teach and are taught throughout in classrooms throughout the world and that's why they do have to be I think they do have to have that political enthusiasm and and have that you know intensity about them in order to bring that about you know you we only have to look at Partygate and the things that have come out of that and the changes that people may or may not want and may or may not be happening but it's it's how you bring that about and it to me, and that's why I came into teaching, why I came into modern studies, to me it is about preparing young young people for being able to impact progress and change. So I hope, to, to, to answer your question, and I've done it very, very long-windedly, I hope, yes, in short form, that it it really is does continue to be something that young people 
get very energetic about again because I think it's needed. Graeme, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And you. Uh, I'm going to leave you be now and let you enjoy the holiday weekend. Go get yourself a, a glass of wine or whatever it is you're, you're going to do to relax this weekend and I will see you in person on Tuesday. Thanks, Graeme. Thank Cheers. you, Paul. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you. Okay, so just to, just to cut back, I, I'd mentioned earlier on that I had carried out this this poll, which I said I, I wish I wish sorry that I did uh, did this earlier in the week, but uh, it's still live at the moment. It's got nine minutes, and and I asked, should teachers share their political views, stroke opinions with pupils? It said two hundred and four responses at the moment, which I know is not staggering, but it's, it's certainly something. And at the moment, it's forty five percent who are saying no. Uh, 35% saying sometimes and a uh, 20% saying yes and that's on my own personal Twitter if you're wondering that's uh, underscore Paul Hamilton so it is okay we will be back after the the news again uh, where I'll be joined by James McMordy so don't go away This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.wetherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development Every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. SteveWoods.co.uk for educational support in IT and computer science. Coming up, I'm delivering a number of courses. Learn to program in Python is a free one-hour course designed to start you on your way into Python coding. Everything works in a browser, so there's nothing to install beforehand. Join me remotely to learn the basics on Wednesday the 8th of June, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Visit SteveWoods.co.uk to start your journey. Are you a state school teacher in England? Why not be a hero this half-term and join me for two days and receive up to 1,360 pounds in bursary terms and conditions apply find out more at stevewoods.co.uk if you're listening to this then we know we share one thing in common a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves that's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care we need people like you to help us achieve even more with us you'll be given all the resources and support you need offered a clear path to career progression and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. 
This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Two former Tory ministers have called for immediate action from the government to curb rises in student loan interest rates. Former Business Secretary Greg Clark told The Observer, a 12% interest rate on student loans is an outrageous charge that the government must prevent from happening. It is a breach of what students expected, that interest rates on loans would be no higher than market rates, and it risks frightening off new students from entering higher education, even in courses like science and engineering, at a time when the economy desperately needs these skills. In April, the Institute for Fiscal Studies has calculated that because of current RPI inflation rates, the maximum interest rate on loans paid by those earning £49,130 or more will rise from current rates of 4.5% to an eye-watering 12% for half a year. In Wales, head teachers have said that some primary schools are not ready to introduce the new curriculum for Wales and would like the choice to delay it. More than half of secondary schools have chosen to delay and will not begin teaching the new curriculum until September 2023. And they were given the option in response to concerns that Covid disruption had left schools unable to plan for the new curriculum. NAHT President Karina Hansen, who is also a primary head teacher in Swansea, said Primary schools have understood that they need to start their new curriculum offer in September. We weren't offered that relaxation, secondary schools were. The reassurance we want is that our accountability partners are also clear that schools will be in different places and will need time to refine their curriculum offer. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to talk about virtual tours. Did you know you can go virtually almost anywhere without leaving the classroom? Due to this being an audio podcast, I'd just like to point out to listeners I did air quotes around the word virtually just then. On Sunday, I tweeted a great list to start from, created by Katie Burke of Good Housekeeping. Before you start asking why someone as cool as me is reading Good Housekeeping, a good list is a good list. I'm going to tweet a different virtual tour at TT Radio every day this week. So keep an eye out if you want to pick up a new virtual tour. So what is a virtual tour? They take many forms, but my favourites are interactive. Go to a place like the Louvre and look around, without the need to buy a ticket, queue and even have an unobstructed view. Use snipping or print screen to make a storyboard, then reflect on your journey for an activity. There are virtual tours for lots of things you wouldn't think of. I found one for the digestion process, where you can look around whilst being swallowed, digested, and yes, it finishes with you being excreted. 
lovely. Next time you're looking for a way to explain something, just check and see if there's a virtual tour that can support you. I'll be tweeting at TT Radio 2022 a different tour each day this week. Yet another good reason to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome back to The Late Show with me, Paul Hamilton. Thank you to my guest earlier on, Graham Glenn, which now brings me to my second final guest of the evening, who is James McMordy. James, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you absolutely fine. This has been so different from four weeks ago. I'm really happy right now. And and I shouldn't shouldn't preempt and jinx anything, but it seems to be going okay in terms of the tech. So, James, thank you so much uh, for for giving up part of your Friday evening to to come on and chat. As I mentioned earlier on, James is a modern studies and politics teacher, just like Graham Glenn is. And uh, he is at People's High School here in Scotland. really going to talk about much of the the same stuff that I was chatting about with with Graham, obviously interested in your thoughts and opinions too. And I'm just going to uh, later on at some point come to the the model UN and the the school parliament that that you've also been involved with at Peebles too. But so correct me, you've not been teaching that long, have you, James? How many years? Um, I've been teaching for uh, three and a half years. Three and a half Uh, years, so... And and you have a previous life in in politics, so you're. It's quite interesting that you you now teach the you know the subject that you, you previously I suppose I suppose worked in. Um, how how have you found coming into teaching at, at this time? So you've kind of came in and what well, in a sort of a Brexit post Brexit world. Mm. Um, I mean, what's what's it, what's it like being a teacher and who teaches politics at the moment? I think it's it's quite exciting uh, to be honest. Um, it's I, I think it's a it's a different context in a, an area like Peebles, where um, there's a lot of young people who um, are supportive of the Conservatives, uh, a lot of young people who are supportive of the SNP, and they they tend to rehearse some of those arguments over and over again. They're very engaged still with with those topics. And what was really interesting for me recently was um, Question Time uh, was recently in Peebles. And a couple of my students went on um, and uh, both of them got to speak. Uh, one of them um, uh, was a member of the SNP and he made a point about, uh, uh, about independence and he's ended up with you know, hundreds of new followers on, on social media and he's, he's loving life. Uh, and one of them, who's a young conservative, uh, made a point and he got a lot of abuse on social media. Um, but what's exciting in all of that is to see that, you know, there's, there's so many young people who um, are engaged and uh, they have opinions, but they're not just leaving that in the classroom um, and they are taking that out and getting involved. Um, and it was interesting earlier when you were talking about uh, how engaged kids are. And I think a lot of that conversation earlier was about party politics. Um, but actually what I find is that the kids... Yeah, some of them are interested in party politics, but actually a lot of them are more interested in that conversation about how do we fix things or how do we get things done or how are decisions made? And maybe that's particularly so in people's at the moment because we're about to get a new high school um, and the kids are really engaged in that conversation. They're really interested in what the new school is going to look like 
and what say they're going to have on that. Uh, so they're really quite uh, yeah engaged across the board at the moment. Now that, now that's interesting because that that's something that earlier Graham and I were chatting about. Quite interested in the, I suppose the skills that you, uh, you know, you can facilitate for young people to to acquire or achieve uh, when when it comes to the teaching of anything to do with politics. Um, and that almost sounds almost like they're like the democratic process that they can have a, a say in something that you know ultimately affects them. Um, if you'll indulge me, James, uh, we we've we've never met in person for anyone listening, but we've known each other for a while through through Twitter, and you you were saying to me recently how that you you know you have a, a previous to being a teacher you you worked in politics has has that has that helped you in the classroom is that does that give you an added uh, perspective or anything like that i think so i mean i think with the n5 mods course you know when you're talking about the work of an msp um i'm able to to feed little tidbits in there i'm always a bit worried when i give them examples though that you know markers are going to go where on earth have they got that from um but uh, I think so. And even in the higher politics course, there's been times when you know we're talking about uh, direct democracy and I've been able to give examples from the referendum. Um, and so I think that does help. Um, but I think the slight concern I've always had is, you know, because the kids can easily Google me, they can easily find out who I used to work for. Um, and so I always, particularly with the senior classes at the start of the year, um, I'll be very honest with them. And I'll say, look, you know, in a, in a past life, um, I was involved in politics um, and here's, you know, what I used to be involved with. Um, and I think, you know, earlier you were talking about, you know, should teachers have points of view? Um, I, I can't really shy away, certainly from what I used to do. And um, so I usually uh, would say to the kids, you know, this is what I used to do. This is who I used to work for. Um, and whilst I, you know, seek to be balanced and seek to be neutral and seek to challenge them to think critically for themselves, um, I always challenge them. I say, you know, if you think that I'm not being neutral, then, you know, you, you challenge me. Um, and, you know, I'm pleased to say that so far, I think I've, I've got that balance right. I think, um, I always think, um, I, I've kind of forgotten the term. It's not really a trigger warning. It's not that at mm. all. But it's almost like a like a label that you might attach to something, you know, just to, mm. for the, the lawyer in me, just to kind of <laughs> keep yourself out of trouble. And that this is what I probably do in the classroom, whereby I, I might be talking about something, whether it's political, past or present. And I say to myself, look, this is my opinion, right? You don't mm. have to agree with me. You you, you could disagree. Um, and I, and I, I don't think as a teacher that, you know, provided it's proper and it's appropriate to do so that you know you, you we are we're human beings we, we have opinions we have thoughts on things and and again it, it's it's about as as was mentioned earlier on again it's about not trying to force an opinion onto someone yeah. or force someone to to, to think a, a certain way and, and i also think tonight what's come up a couple of times and it probably has the makings of of another show entirely is the is social media and its place. I mean, I think particularly about Twitter and, and I own one of them that I have what I would class minds as professional or maybe semi-professional Twitter because the majority of things that I tweet about are in some way related, apart from when I'm kicking about my bike uh, <laughs> and taking pictures of that in places. But, you know, it's usually related to, to school and, you know, but to what extent as teachers should we have free will to, and I'm talking very innocently here. I'm talking about retweeting uh, a party political 
message or something. I'm not talking about something particularly controversial, but you know, would could would that be viewed by some people? I don't know as being controversial because oh, that means the kids can get to see that you know Mr. Hamilton supports this political party or or will, will vote in some way. So there's there's aspects I think of of privacy and personal life that. Uh, you know, Graham and I earlier on talking about that I've just changed so, so much. And my story earlier on about the stickers, and they still exist today. I think the the, the common one at the moment is a Ukraine flag you see quite regularly. Yeah. Um, which in itself is a is a political statement. Um, yes. I guess you, you could you could argue so. Yeah. Uh huh. I, I mean, do, do, do they are, are they quite interested about your background in politics, or or do they just think meh, boring? <laughs> Uh, I think they are. I mean, particularly the higher politics class, you know, would would ask questions about it um, because there's lots of the higher politics, of course, that lends itself to those conversations about election campaigns and direct democracy and its pros and cons. Um, so you know, they, they would be interested. Um, I think in my I did my PGCE back home in Northern Ireland. Um, and so obviously there, there's a whole extra layer um, of, uh, you know, uh, controversy where you've got to be so sensitive and you know, we were told you know on our PGC I remember it really clearly about in the case of a teacher who was stopped in the car park because um, a parent had heard that that teacher had said something sympathetic to a certain political party um, and wanted to challenge the teacher on it and I suppose that was always um, you know my fear that I'm going to say something in a classroom um, and a parent is going to phone up or a parent's going to turn up and say, I hear you've been been saying this or I hear you've been saying that. But um, generally speaking, you know, the kids know. And if they are curious about it, I'll, I'll answer their questions. Um, and yeah, occasionally, you know, we'll, we'll have conversations about current politics and, and what's going on. And they might ask me my view on it. Um, and if really pushed, I might say, well, you know, I might think this or I might, you know, this is something I might consider. Um, but I'd be quite cautious, I think about you know given my, my right now here's what i think here's how i'm going to vote um and although i suppose the one thing that i would do is uh, i'm always keen to introduce the devil's advocate um particularly you know if you've just got one or two kids and you know they're a lot of the kids maybe think the same way but you want to bring out a different opinion that the class maybe haven't considered and not to try and necessarily influence them or make them think a certain way but to challenge them to think about why they think the way they do and maybe they turn around at the end of it and they say you know i'm able to justify how i think here's my evidence and that's grand but um sometimes it's, it's about you know challenging them to think why do you really hold that point of view yeah no i mean i i, th I think that's interesting i think what i'm about to see i'm allowed to see it but you know I'll, mm. I'll, I'll, I'll go with it uh, and hope it it's it's okay but uh there's there's been so many elections over the past goodness knows how many years and I, I don't think I voted the, the same way in, in, in any of them mm. I, and my argument would be that because um, you know I, I don't particularly feel any party loyalty at the moment that again is my opinion folks there's the there's the warning there um, I'm more interested in you know what what the party at that given moment can 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 do for me my family the the area that I live in and I, and I wonder if we are in a more um, evolving fluid generation because I, uh, you know, I, I grew up basically where I am, very working class area. This was a very safe labour seat, and you were just really told from a young age that's who you vote. And and I don't mm -hmm. think, um, perhaps being disrespectful here, but I don't think a tremendous deal of thought went into it. 
and I'm talking about me at a young age when 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 I was at school and I don't feel that's the case anymore certainly no I, I don't teach mods or politics but I, I don't think young people are as a receptive to just voting a certain way because you know their dad and their granddad and their mum and their gran and whatnot uh, voted a certain way I, I think politics is is very fluid at the moment I, I don't know if you come across any rigid opinions or if what i'm saying would would resonate i think certainly um there's always kids who come in at the start of the year um particularly at the, you know, the start of the politics course they picked politics for a reason and generally that's because they've got strong opinions um so you know the, the two fellows i talked about earlier who went on question time you know they're they're very rigid in in what they think um, and part of the the uh, challenge this year has been um, trying to get them to um, justify that um, and to, to really critically sort of, you know, engage with what other people are saying. And this, I mean, it comes back to something actually, again, that we were talked about in the PGCE. You know, what, what are you what are you trying to to do you know because particularly in the northern irish context you know there's this temptation when you're teaching politics to try and create a imaginary consensory kind of middle where you're like oh well aren't we all just the same you know at the end of the day um and i think what i'm really trying to do is create political generosity in the classroom where yes it's okay for those two students to have strong political opinions and um yet at the same time to accept each other's uh, opinions are, as being different and being equally valid um, because quite often that's the thing you know they'll, they'll sit and they'll argue and they'll bicker but I want to create that space where they can accept each other um, and, and you know yes they may disagree on the constitution and they may disagree on party politics but they can still be friends a reminder, folks, if, you, if you're listening live and you are in the studio, please do feel free. If you have any questions or, or thoughts or comments, you, you can ping them into the chat and you can call in as well. We'll be on here for another 25 minutes, so we will. Um, now, interesting there that you, you say about, about a safe space, because that probably brings me quite nicely and... I was going to really ask you about them in turn, but you're you're certainly involved with at your school. Uh, from what I know, there's a there's a model UN and there's also a a school parliament. I'd be really keen to to hear about them and and the the opportunities that they provide for the young people and how you as a teacher are involved in that. Mm. Uh, well, the the model UN um, it's something that's really dear to my heart because it's something that first got me interested in politics and. Um, and in international relations back when I was at school, uh, I wasn't politically engaged at all. And it was just one day I happened upon this Model UN club at school and that's what got me engaged. And one of the nice things this year is our Model UN club has really taken off. Our kids are really engaged. Um, and I was able to uh, find my old teacher who's just retired and I, and I uh, called him and I told him, you know, uh, the kids in, in people's high school now are doing this and they're engaged and they're, they're, they're you know, loving learning about international relations. Um, because you inspired me, so that was that was a that was a beautiful moment. Um, but at Model UN, we meet every other week, um, and they have, they pick the topics. So we've done everything from Ukraine to Afghanistan. Today we did drone warfare, um, and it's getting to a really exciting place now. The kids are leading it. We've had Model UN uh, committee elections this week, so uh, there's eight kids have been elected to run the committee, uh, to run the organisation. 
Um, and uh, it's exciting to see them starting to take on leadership. And uh, the, usually our debates see between 60 to 100 kids come in. Uh, the one in Ukraine probably was, was the most uh, popular because kids are really engaged in what's going on. They want to know more about it. But what I love about it is that it's given them opportunities to be creative and to think about solutions. Um, and, you know, the school offer also offers debating. But what I love about this is that it's not just, well, let's, you know, talk about this thing. It's actually let's let's try and solve this thing. Let's try and fix it um, through the additional kind of difficulty of having to try and authentically represent countries. And I was sitting there the other day watching a student trying to represent Vladimir Putin and trying to represent his government. Um, but the skills that they're learning uh, and the knowledge that they're gaining I see that marching straight back into the classroom um, and the kids who are coming to Model UN um, and, and doing those debates and engaging in that problem solving. Um, yeah, definitely you can see it just uh, benefiting them and not just in, in their confidence, but you know, their knowledge and their other skills as well. Um, and then the, the student parliament, it's uh, a new uh, invention this year. Uh, we did the elections back in November and I think it's a mark of how engaged our kids are that we had 83 candidates in those elections and 80% uh, of the students voted in those elections. And we got a really good uh, student parliament of really engaged kids. And the thing I was really pleased about was that they weren't all the same types of kids. Because you know, most schools will have some kids who are very eager and very keen and they'll do everything. But what I was pleased about was that the student parliament really did represent the school and there were rugby players, there were uh, transgender students there, there was a wide range, uh, even a couple of international students uh, as well. Um, and they have done some exciting stuff. So we um, did a participatory budget this year. Uh, the students got given a grant, uh, £5,000 to uh, do a participatory budget. So we let the whole school uh, pulled together proposals. We got about 40 of those in. Um, the student parliament narrowed those down to ones that were practical. Um, and then the whole school voted to decide what the priorities should be. And um, over the coming weeks, those uh, projects that the students have picked will be put in place. So we'll be uh, renovating the toilets and we'll be getting some more outdoor seating and more planting around the school. Um, and I always say to that, you know, this, this shows, I think, that uh, we're really giving them a say because we're giving them actual money and saying, it's your school, go spend it on what your priorities are. Um, so that's been really exciting um, uh, to, to see them go off and do that. And I think there were always concerns that perhaps they wouldn't be responsible with. If anything, I think they've been too responsible at times. I was like, oh, come on, take a wee chance. Give that give that project a go. Um, but I uh, know they've been very, very sensible. Um, and uh, it's just been a pleasure to watch them and it, throughout all this we've been helped with the by the democratic society who have been on hand to guide us through all that process I, th I think that sounds absolutely fantastic i mean one thing i'm very keen of in schools is is, is genuine and i do mean this genuine pupil voice whereby you know the young people have a, a sense of ownership that, that you know that that the school is is theirs and that they're their voices are recognised and respected, and, and and it's interesting there just to see that the the response to that in the, in the school where you are, and you know how popular that that can be. And obviously, this I, I make an assumption here. This is S one to S six. I'm assuming, James. Um, yeah. 
this is you know right across the board not even necessarily young people who will pick modern studies this is this is a big uptake yeah yeah that, it's that. been across the schools so uh, quite a few students who haven't picked modern studies particularly some of the seniors um you know the kids who are off to do medicine or off to do veterinary but they're they're also on the student parliament which is great no that's good that's good uh, we've, we've just had a question come in um a, and it's, it's from Jenny and she's asking about, she does see, she uses the word tips, but any tips for gently introducing politics into the primary school? I mean, I think straight away it must be something in the, 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 the social uh, studies E's and O's perhaps, but mm. I wonder actually how easy it would be for, for this, what you're talking about, to work in a primary school. I don't see why it couldn't. Well, we're quite lucky in that um, some of the local primary schools, um, I think, do a really, really good job um, of getting the kids engaged. Um, there's, there's one of our feeder primary schools in particular, they're a rights-respecting school. Um, and I think the kids have really benefited from that process. And so the kids who are coming from that primary school, you know, they know that language, they, they know their rights well, uh, they they're, they're coming to us already. We, you know, we, we joke about them being very woke, um, but, you know, the kids are coming and they, they know um, an awful lot when they're really coming into us in S1 and that school that's done right respecting um, school award we can really tell the difference um, so I think that's that's made a big difference um, uh, to those kids I think I think you're right I think the power of transition work would be important and obviously it makes assumptions about the relation between the the, the secondary school and the feeders but if you think about it it's, it's the same logic of why feeder primary schools teach a certain language you know before they go up so they're, 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 it's very easy for them to be joined up thinking so maybe that's an idea uh, in, in the primary school is to actually get in touch with the secondary school who might I, I, I stress the word might already be, be doing something along the lines of of what James has been been saying as well one one thing I, I think of I didn't actually get to chat to Graham about this uh, and, and it's something with your subjects that I'm I'm quite jealous of I, I try and do it in history but we can't do it to quite the same extent that you can is you have to be very very responsive I think to teach modern mm. studies and politics you know you with the best will in the world on a Monday you could have your lessons planned out for the week and especially with the way the world is that's why I labeled this show as, as teaching in turbulent times things mm. happen day in day out that as a modern studies teacher you just you cannot ignore I mean you must find James sometimes that you are going into a period of elections or you know the current party gate scandals or, or whatever it might be and you think well there's there's those lessons there yeah. <laughs> they're gonna have to be changed as it is so is that is that quite a regular thing I mean, it's one of the joys I think of it. I mean, it's interesting, you know, the things they'll pick up on. I don't know if you a couple of years ago, there was a big scare with Iran and all the kids had picked up off TikTok that there was some risk of World War Three. And that was all they wanted to talk about that week. Like, is there going to be World War Are we going to go to war with Iran? And uh, it was interesting when you were talking earlier about the, the impact that social media can have, because it, it is, it can be negative if it's fake news, but actually if it generates a conversation, um, it can be really positive. And so that was a, a teaching moment. And one of the things that we've done with our uh, juniors this year um, are hot topics. Um, and I know a lot of schools do hot topics kind of as a, as a full unit, but our hot topics are designed to be responsive to what the kids are really engaged with. So this year um, with Afghanistan, with the COP conference, uh, with Ukraine, 
um, we have um, said, right, this is something that the kids are going to really be asking us about next week. Let's do a lesson on this. Um, and the kids have really uh, been, responded very well to that. Um, and uh, I think that's certainly something that has helped us kind of hook them uh, into, into mods. Um, and it's, it's a challenge to try and make sure that, you know, you're, you're um, always, you know, trying to maybe make your subject matter relevant. Uh, but that's the beauty of mods that you can take that that moment, particularly in BGE, and say, right, you want to talk about Ukraine, you want to talk about Afghanistan and what's happening there. Um, let's give you the tools and the, the 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 skills to understand what's happening. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of laughing here because he's he's uh, <laughs> he's no longer here. Graham is one of those poor souls that's written the Moral Studies textbook, and I always think, yeah. you know, for you guys, what what is the point? <laughs> You get such a you get such a limited shelf life for all the work that you must have put into it, and and rightly as you say there it is the the joys of it. I think for for me um, as a history teacher, we we get a lot of the sort of history repeating itself. Uh, Ukraine has really uh, thrown up a lot of comparisons between present events and and you know whether it be the Second World War or, or whatever, we, we, we certainly get a lot of that. And even prior to that, actually, I think one of the, the most common questions I used to get was, you know, sir, will there be a World War Three? Uh, mm. And then sometimes it would say, and if so, what, what, what will it be like? Will we have to go and fight and whatnot? So you, you do you do have to uh, <laughs> you do have to be very responsive. But mm. I, I think that's, uh, I think that's uh, part and parcel with... Um, with a uh, being a, a social subjects humanities teacher, I, I think that's that's part of what it is. Yeah, yeah and uh, there's Graham saying his books available on all good bookstores and mm. online. So, <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, so yeah, um, I mean, so you enjoy your job? You you do? That, I, I imagine. Uh huh. I do. And, yeah. Uh, sorry, I was just gonna to come in there. No, I was just gonna say, um, I think the other big challenge is to try and make our subjects uh more practical because um, you know quite often you know, when something like ukraine happens or even if you know you're teaching about democracy you're teaching about something quite often it can be theoretical you know you talk about oh well we could vote or we could do petitions and that's the big thing that we've really been challenging our young people with and, and challenging ourselves with this year to think about well how do we actually not just tell them what they could do but give them experience doing things so when you know when ukraine came along we did a fundraiser we did a school-wide walk from peoples to kiev and uh, that was brilliant and it was a great way of getting all the kids engaged all of them contributed a mile or two um but the other big thing we've done this year is we've um changed one of our units nest to to uh, make it like as practical as possible so we've looked at a couple of local issues in the local town um, so we looked at uh, public transport, we've looked at the impact of climate change in peoples, we've looked at antisocial behaviour, which is a big issue uh, in, uh, locally. Um, and uh, after we looked at each of those issues, we said to the kids, right, what do you want to do about it? And so they did a, a protest about climate change. They uh, wrote to all their councillors about public transport. They um, created their own petitions about antisocial behaviour. Um, and that's been one of the really... Um, fun things about this year because those kids now when they move into N5 or even if they don't do any more mods and they go off um, into the world of work uh, they've got practical experiences 
of doing those things. It's not just a, oh, well, I, I could. It's a, I've done and I know what works and I know how to, to try and impact the world around me. And that's one of the things I've, I find most rewarding this year. You, you've actually preempted really what I was about to ask you. That's that's ah. really good because I was just about to say there, you know, you, you, you enjoy your job, you enjoy what you're doing. And one of the many things that I get quite jealous of uh, when I'm uh, watching colleagues in the, the Border Studies Department is when they have the, uh, what do you call it? mock elections? That's what that's the word I was looking for. Mock uh, the mock elections, and and the, to me, I don't know why it just it just looks so engaging. The young people always really look like they they throw everything into it, and I just wondered, um, same way you could ask a history teacher, but what, what do you enjoy teaching in politics? And this is give me a really selfish answer. What what, what for you do you really enjoy teaching, and, and and why? You mean in terms of content? Yeah, absolutely, content. Um, for me, I teach because I want them to walk out the door as responsible citizens. So I think that sort of thing that I was talking about there, the, 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 uh, the local democracy stuff, how to vote, um, how campaigns work, because I want them to have a thorough understanding of, of practical politics. And, um, you know, even one of the big things I was talking to my um, her politics class recently about was uh, community councils, um, because you, know, you can talk about you know, how Parliament works and you can talk about you know, big concepts and big institutions. Um, but what I love is telling them about those opportunities and how they work and how they can how they can put their first you know, the foot on the first step of the ladder and go off. And, and do it and see them going off and doing it and and um yeah for me that's that's what teaching is all about you're putting them up the, that first step towards going out and and becoming responsible citizens for themselves that's that's really exciting and in fact just very recently in the last uh, i think it was a few weeks ago the council elections up here we had uh, mm. a, a small number of former pupils who you know, post leaving school, have actually gone on to, to be elected um, in, in the local area. And, and you can't help but feel a sense of if it's not patronising pride because you know that, or, or I would think that part of their, their passion for politics, it must have came from, from, from school. So, so well done to the, the, the teachers that, that are involved in that. Um, just just to go back now that it's closed, the, the Twitter poll that I've mentioned a couple of times, it, it did close out at 206 votes. So this was, should teachers share their political views, stroke opinions with pupils? And it was 44% who said no, the, the 36% with sometimes, and then 20% on yes. And mm. it's, it's decisive in the sense that the majority have said no, but I think there's some sort of interpretation there between the yes and the sometimes that we probably, there are, reasonable circumstances in which a political view and, and a, an opinion could could be said and both certainly graham and and, and james have said that that's something in, in the moral studies and in, in the politics sphere that's something they're probably quite used to and, and probably quite um au fait at being able to to manage that that situation well um i i, I wonder um you know not to finish on a, on a negative or anything, but politics uh, it can be quite nasty at, at times too. And I wonder, you know, you can respect confidentiality. I'm not looking for any names or anything like that or any unique scenarios, but can, can it ever get heated in the classroom? 
um, and, and you as a teacher, you maybe let it run to a certain extent, but then, I don't know, do you have to step in where reviews become quite strong? Yeah, I mean, you've got a, a responsibility there, I think, to make sure that, yes, everyone gets to have their say, uh, but that no one's walking out of that room feeling upset or feeling picked on. And particularly, you know, um, if there's if there's minority opinions, if there's an opinion that you know, only one person has and that they feel rounded upon by the class. Um, and maybe that's a, a point where you step in and you play devil's advocate a bit and you challenge other people. But um, I, I definitely think, yeah, you can't you can't let it go too far. You, you need to discourage them from being personal. Um, and as I said earlier, you know, those two students who, um, you know, went off and, and were on um, debate night, uh, they um, one of them, you know, had such a positive experience, but the other one really did get a lot of very um, negative comments. And, you know, I, I felt you know, it was my duty to to talk to him and make sure he's OK and make sure, you know, that um, he wasn't discouraged by that, because, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, you want to encourage them to um, to get involved and to stay engaged and um, yeah, you just I always you know, I would I would hate to think that any student in my class was walking out feeling marginalised or um, like they hadn't uh, been respected. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that sort of situation would be quite quite heartbreaking if I'm honest. That if someone had the confidence to to you know put across a well articulated view, a well reasoned view, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, granted, but it's you know still their opinion and a welcome to it and. And they were they were shot down in flames, and and that probably returns us to the the mention there of social media and the fact that you know it can be such a vehicle for good. I mean, if it wasn't for social media, I wouldn't know you, James, for example. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, that there, there are you know there are times I've I've put out the odd, um, probably controversial tweet in my time where I've had an opinion on something and it's been been shot down. We had, uh, for example, a, an absolutely up appalling and I mean really appalling I'm not going to repeat exactly what it was I'll just hint at it. a piece of a anti-catholic vandalism that was put on a wall outside the school and it just happened to be outside the school it wasn't on our grounds but it meant that on the, the Monday morning that you know all the classes that were at the front of the building were looking right onto this and I took a picture of it and I tweeted it and you know as I stand by I was disgusted by this and I got a lot of people agreeing with me and saying this is awful and I hope it's been cleaned and all the rest of it and it was a council commit that day granted but I also got a lot of people just really calling me for everything and you know and things that I can't, I can't possibly repeat so there, there, there probably is an element of building resilience that it's yeah. a shame we have to do it but uh, you know you, you're there as a teacher I suppose for that young person to support them that provided their view isn't you know offensive or malicious or whatever that you can mm -hmm. that they can do it so yeah social media it's a it's, it's a funny old game um i'm still a big fan of it i still like it but yeah. when it's bad it's it's really bad sometimes yeah absolutely so james anyway that is a uh, almost time so thank you so much uh, for joining me this evening i appreciate it. it's, a, it's a friday evening and uh, you've maybe put other plans on hold it's very kind of you to come on and speak so thank you james thank you so much at all thank you very much for having me cheers you enjoy your night bye bye yeah. 
So folks, thank you very much for listening. This has been The Late Show with Paul Hamilton, those of you listening live. And of course, if you're listening to this at a later date from all the the usual streaming providers. So the case I've really made tonight, the argument I've put out or or the, the conversation I've been having is that over the last, say, 10, 15, 20 years uh, of, 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 of our lives, that this has been an incredibly turbulent time in terms of politics, in terms of world events, in terms of goings on, in terms of views and opinions and divisions and polarisation, and really that we have not been able to shy away from that in the classroom in any form whatsoever. And as you've seen from the conversations tonight, the majority of it actually, I'm glad to say this has has been positive. It's provided a real opportunity, a real vehicle for the discussion of politics in the classroom, for the building of thoughts on social justice, on political literacy, on critical thinking. There's been a real um, positive force for good out of all of this, but it has not been without its challenges also. So thank you very much for listening. It's been a pleasure as always, and I'll be back again in four weeks' time. Good night. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.